Welcome to Dog Save the People, a podcast about how dogs make our lives better. My name is John Bartlett, and I'm your host. Samantha Sharif always loved dogs, but wasn't as crazy about them as she is now. Part of that change occurred when her grandfather died and her grandmother got a dog to keep her company. This dog helped her grandmother re-engage with life and gave her a reason to get up in the morning. After college, Samantha found herself at a crossroads. In a new relationship and switching careers, Sam found herself drawn to fostering and began fostering shelter dogs. When she and Eric, her fiancé, moved in together, the fostering continued and Samantha has now found a purpose and direction that she didn't know existed. Together, they had built their lives and home around fostering and also adopting some of those fosters, creating a little pack of their own. Samantha, welcome to Dog Save the People. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad... really excited to be here. Okay, good. I'm glad that you're here and you're here with your boyfriend, Eric. Where did you grow up? So I grew up on Long Island, Roslyn, yeah. New York. Yeah. It's pretty close to the city. Yes. Yeah, and I grew up out there, normal family, family dog, all that stuff, but not a crazy dog person right. growing so, up. And you know, it's interesting because I, when I grew up too, we had, uh, we had a dog and I, I mean, I loved the dog, but it wasn't until later as an adult that I became this, this crazy dog person. So tell me about the dog that you had growing up. His name was Casey uh-huh. because he was a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel. Right. And when that was abbreviated, that was KC. My grandfather thought that was clever. It is. So his name was Casey. <laughs> he was just a really good, normal dog. I don't think I even could have told you what a dog was supposed to do or where a dog was supposed to go. He didn't, you know, travel a ton with us. He would go in the car to go to my grandmother's house and right. he would come back. And he was amazing. We loved him. My sister had a really special bond with him. My grandmother had a really special mm-hmm. bond with him. I remember... My sister, I was supposed to walk the dog because he was technically my dog. Right. And I bribed my sister to do it and she was too young and he pulled her down like a muddy hill and she Uh came in crying and that was my first (laughs) taste of responsibility. I love it. That's a great visual. And he was a little dog. Yeah. So, but yeah, he he lived to be about 12, Uh which is pretty good for a cat Yeah, Absolutely. And so he he lived with you all, and then you said that when we were talking before that he ended up moving in with your grandmother? My grandfather wanted to give me whatever I wanted in life. And nice. what I really wanted As was a dog. As grandfather should. Yeah. And I, well, so first I got a hamster, uh-huh. um, and I proved to not be responsible with that. Yeah. So for some reason, my mom said, okay, get a dog. Yeah. And um, my grandmother did all this research, and she and my grandfather were going to get the dog, and they um, purchased the dog. We went to the breeder's house in Connecticut. We didn't know anything about anything, but we met a bunch of puppies. We picked one out. We took him home. And the deal was that my grandmother had to house train him, and then he would come live at our house. So my grandmother and my grandfather had the puppy. They house broke him, and then he came to live at our house. And then a couple of years later, my grandfather passed away. And my grandmother was alone in the house, and she took the dog back Mm -hmm. to be just to have some company. And that was the first time that I think I really understood the potential of the the human and animal bond that dogs have with us. I don't know if I realized it at the time, but looking back now, I can really see how that dog gave her a reason to get up in the morning. He was just like her life. And she, you know, she has another dog now and Mm. same thing. It's he's, he's her everything. Looking back, it is one of the things that seeded that 
that really great relationship between dogs and people for me. Beautiful, beautiful. Casey passed away, I think my junior year of college, I think right before I left to go study abroad. Mm -hmm. So he passed away, we were all home, luckily we were all together. I left to go to Australia and a couple oh, wow. of, yeah, it was amazing. A couple of weeks into that, or a couple of weeks before I came home actually, cause he was still pretty little. Um, I got a text from my sister and it was a puppy at a pet store. She said, grandma really wants a dog. She can't be alone anymore. Right. I said, you know, I didn't know that much about it, but I said, I've heard about puppy mills. I think pet store puppies come from puppy mills. Don't get that dog. I'll help you when I get home. And of course, two days later, I got a picture of the puppy sitting in my grandmother's right. lap. She went back for him. Sure. Um, I don't regret that she got this dog. This dog is everything to her. And he's, he's a really good companion for her, but he does have a ton of health problems. Mm -hmm. He's only like seven, eight years old. Wow. He's a Shih Tzu Bichon yeah. who they told her would be, I think like eight pounds. Right. And of course he's like 17 uh -huh. and she can barely pick him <laughs> up. So I'm so, so grateful that she has him, but you know, it really opened my eyes, especially once I started like learning more about it and becoming more involved in rescue. It's definitely like a firsthand example of um, why we, <laughs> we shouldn't buy puppies from pet stores. Yes. And I do think that the laws, I mean, I think things are changing. Awareness yeah. is growing. Some laws are changing in some states. And I think that eventually it's going to be a thing of the past, maybe in a few generations. So Samantha, tell me a little bit about your trajectory after college, how your career started and where that, where that took you. Sure. I always say that I gave up on my dream to find my passion. Uh -huh. oh, that's um, cool. I know that sounds silly, but no, it's, not at it's all. true in my case. So I graduated from Cornell in 2012. Mm -hmm. I graduated early and I started working on indie film sets. I really wanted to be the next Tina Fey and I was going to do that. And that was the only thing that mattered to me was being a, a television writer. And so I did internships and I PA'd like terrible hours and I was an assistant and then I was an assistant to someone else. And luckily, um, my bosses were great, Yeah. but being a personal assistant gets to you yes. because inherently your life is to make someone else's life easier. Yes. And because of that, you become sort of like a second rate person. And so even though my boss was great, and I, I loved her and I still am friends with her. I sort of had this feeling of there's got to be something else. This is killing me. And um, Eric and I started dating around that time. Mm -hmm. And he was like, you're so miserable. You have to find something else to do. I would like cry on Sunday nights before I went to work. And during that time, when Eric and I started dating, he had a friend who had a dog named Taz. And we would watch Taz like every couple of weekends. Right. And my boss had a brand new puppy and I started taking a lot of responsibility for that puppy. And I was like housebreaking him and I was teaching him things and he had terrible separation anxiety, couldn't be alone. So whenever she would go to dinner, I would take him home for the night. When she um, flew home to LA, I would take him and I sort of was like, huh, I can care for a dog. Right. Like that just seemed like such a grown up thing to do. Yes, Cause very I was so. like 22 yeah. and I was like, oh my God, I can care for a dog. Eric told me that he was going to get a dog. Uh -huh. He was like, you should help me find a dog. Right. And I started looking on pet finder. Yes. Which I, like I a rabbit hole. spend more time on pet finder than doing anything oh, else. I don't in my blame life. you. I love it. 
and I started sending him emails. We were uh -huh. newly dating and right. I started sending him email after email after email being like, you could adopt this dog. Look at this dog. Look at this dog. Hundreds of emails. Uh -huh. I went back and looked recently. Hundreds. Sandy, you look? No. Yeah. It's like a thousand. Like thousands of emails. <laughs> no, I honestly think it was like 700 emails uh -huh. um, with just Pathfinder <laughs> listings. And um, through browsing Pathfinder, I found that there were dogs in foster homes. Uh-huh. And I had never even heard about fostering. Yeah. So through that, I heard about it and I was like, I bet I could do this. But my hours were so crazy that I knew I didn't have the time for that. But I decided that I could volunteer at a shelter. So on the weekends, I started volunteering at Animal Haven. Yeah, down which in is Soho. an amazing place. So I started volunteering on the weekends, trolling Pet Finder. Yeah. And then after a couple of months, the show that I was working on ended. My boss moved back to L.A. And she said, come out here and work for me in L.A. And I thought about it and I said, you know what? Something has to change. I can't keep doing this. And someone was like, well, you're a writer. Why don't you work in advertising? And I was like, all right, I'll, I'll take some classes. I'll see how I like it. If I like it, I'll stay. And if not, I'm going to pack up and move to LA and like really commit to this. Yeah. So I asked my boss to wait like three months while I took some classes and I started taking classes and I had a ton of free time. So I started fostering. Interesting. And between fostering and being in class, I sort of just had this sense of like, this is working for me. And then I had a presentation by the chief creative officer of a health and wellness, a pharmaceutical advertising agency. She showed some nonprofit work that they had done. And I said, oh, this is what I want to do. Mm. And I think I like didn't really understand that when you go to work for a health and wellness agency, you work in pharma advertising. Right. right. But I actually, I actually like it. So, and that's what you're doing now. Yeah, I took a job. I took an internship with her. I walked up to her after a presentation. And I said, "Hello, I'd like to work for you." Uh huh. Perfect. Um, <laughs> she, she put me in touch with the head of the internship program. Um, so I got an internship there. I worked there for about a year, and then I went to another agency, and I've been doing that since then, and fostering, volunteering, writing stuff, and it's just sort of grown from there. So, I've sort of had this realization that my job is my job and it it allows me to do the thing that I'm passionate about. And I love my job, I love sure. But it's not like my passion in life. And I think that was really good for me to find a job that wasn't my passion and to find a passion that wasn't my job. No, I think that's great because then you can like kind of turn one side of your brain off and then have the other and let them kind of coexist. Mm -hmm. You're probably much better at your job because you have this little bit of a, a perspective and a distance. Yeah. It just, I think it makes me a more empathetic person. And I think when you're working in healthcare, that's a good thing to have. Absolutely. But I think, yeah. And of course I've become hopefully a better writer through, yeah. through my job. And that's helped when, you know, I'm doing the, the blog and any advocacy stuff. And so I think it's really worked in my favor. And tell me about your first dog that you fostered. So Eric and I didn't live together at the time, okay. but we lived a couple of blocks away. Right. And um, was this in the city? This was in the city. Yeah. We lived in the financial district, a couple of blocks away from each other. And um, I didn't know anything about like breed specific restrictions in a building. I didn't didn't even occur to me to ask. I didn't know anything about rescues, like which rescues were good, mm -hmm. which were supportive. I didn't know about ACC. I didn't know anything. Right. I was looking on Petfinder, and we saw. We saw one dog from a Puerto Rican rescue that he was like, okay, maybe we'll adopt that dog. And I was like, oh my God, I'm putting in an application. And he got adopted. But I had gotten him to say yes to a dog. Yeah. So I figured 
we would start fostering. And then we'd, we'd find a dog, or not, or we would keep fostering. And I showed him a bunch of dogs that were coming like this weekend and needed fosters. And he picked, her name was Thor. Her name was Thor. Her name was Thor. <laughs> she was a, um, they said 55 pound, but she was not 55 pounds. We went to pick her up in Brooklyn. They handed me the leash and they said, we'll let you know when the next adoption event is. Thank you so much for fostering. And I said, okay, thank you very much. And I got in the car in a cab with this 65 pound. This girl named Thor. Rottweiler mix named Thor. And we took a cab over the Williamsburg Bridge and went home. And I have a picture of the two of us sitting in the cab and she's smiling and I'm smiling uh-huh. next to her. It's like a selfie on my old Blackberry probably. Right. And I just, she sort of like leaned into me and I was like, okay, we're going to be okay. We renamed her because mm-hmm. she didn't know Thor and that felt like a silly name. So we called her Phoebe Buffet <laughs> because we thought she would be a very friendly, beautiful, once homeless, but now found friend. Um, and she was an awesome dog. Yeah. She was, we got really lucky with her. She was house trained. We didn't have a crate, know about a crate. Mm, so I right. left her free in my apartment, sure. which like now sounds like a recipe for disaster, right. but just left her free in my apartment. Turns out I couldn't have pits in my building, which I didn't know, but nobody said anything to me with her. It was the next dog who was loud. Right. Complained about. Sure. But I took her to the dog park, which like definitely I don't recommend to right. anybody. I just did everything that I now don't do with fosters, yeah. but yeah. Um, we really lucked out with her. So I ended up going to LA to work on a project for my boss and I had to give her up after two weeks of fostering. That was your first. And then mm-hmm. from there, our next foster was like a little Chihuahua wiener dog uh-huh. mix. He got adopted relatively quickly. And then the third one was Marnie was a like 65 pound hound, one year old hound. Hounds are beautiful dogs, but oh my God, not yes. for us. Yeah. Um, she would get up at the crack of dawn every day and just start howling. Uh-huh. And then our fourth and fifth came together. They were two. I went to drop Marnie off for her adoption. She was being picked up and adopted. And there were two little white faces in the door. And they said, how would you feel about taking these for the weekend? Just the weekend. I was like, sure, put them in the car. So I took, I took the two littles back for the weekend. Yeah. They taught us about dog aggression. Uh-huh. Um, it was a, a mini poodle and a little like Shih Tzu mix. We were in over our heads. Yeah. Um, but we only had them for the weekend. Right. And then from there, was there a dog that came into your lives that you ended up falling in love with? Yeah, the next one, number six. Uh-huh. We just saw one picture of her on Facebook. She was curled up on a little bed in right. the ACC, the local city shelter. Yeah. She is like the light of our lives. Yeah. It was not an easy road to rehabilitate her and get her where she is. She's never been aggressive, but right. she's, she's got a lot of um, like separation anxiety. She had never seen a leash before, but she just is like the best dog, the best foster sister. She's amazing. So that's our, that's our Penny. And how did you come up with the name Penny? I let Eric name her. Her uh-huh. paperwork said she was copper colored. Right. And her name was Shells. Right. We were like, that's not a yeah. name. So he said, why don't we call her Penny? Because she's copper color. And it just stuck. And then, she, you know, she makes these noises like a pig. Uh-huh. So we call her Pig. Pig Pen <laughs> became her name. Yeah. And so what has she taught you? I like to say that our first few fosters taught us each, like, something. Like, we learned leash aggression. We learned cautious handling. We learned how to crate. Penny taught us everything else that we know about dogs. So Penny was a foster. Penny was a foster. And then... Penny was a foster for a long time. Somebody had the idea that if we fostered another dog next to her, maybe she would be calmer in the crate. And so we started with puppies. 
we don't really foster puppies anymore because they're so much work. Yes, they are. Um, but we started with puppies and she liked the puppy. And so we started going, you know, slightly older, slightly bigger and really like going slow and finding out what she liked. We fostered probably five or six dogs with Penny while she was a foster. Okay. So about five months, we sort of realized that she had made so much progress with us. We loved her obviously, but we were holding out for a home where somebody would work from home or like a retired couple where right. they would um, be around or another dog for her, but it would have to be the right dog. And we sort of just realized we can give her an equally good life. And that had been the thing holding us back from adopting her was that we thought there was somebody better out there for her. Yeah. And after a while, we just realized she's ours and we're hers and we'll do what we need to do to work yes, this out. Exactly. And that ended up being fostering. So we committed to fostering as often as we could for her. Yeah, we just we started fostering two at a time in case one got adopted, she wouldn't be alone. And we had um, about 60 fosters with her before I was able to convince Eric that she needed another permanent dog. It just so happened that the next dog that we got was this little gray eight-month-old puppy, pit bull puppy. And we had said, no puppies, we're not adopting a puppy. And I said to Eric, I was like, this is, she's it. We're not letting her be adopted. So she never made it to the adoptable page. Mm -hmm. We we adopted her and that was our Lucille. We named her. She looks like a seal. <laughs> <laughs> We're big Arrested Development fans. So she's Lucille Bluth. Oh, I love it. That's so great. And so that, how long ago was that? That was almost two years ago. Okay. Summer, two years ago. Okay. And so how are they doing now, the two of them? They are absolute best friends. They... It literally is my greatest joy in life to see the two of them together because they just have the most special relationship. Penny really takes care of Lucy. Like she almost knows it's her dog. Like she bathes her, she'll like clean her ears, she'll clean her eyes and they play like crazy. You would think there was like a circus going on in our uh -huh. apartment. They're uh -huh. wild, bouncing off the walls. They do parkour like off the furniture. Yeah. Yeah. They rearrange the couches. Yeah. Um, oh, that's great. They play tug and and they're so, so sweet together. They always choose to be together, to lay together. And is that still in the same apartment in New York or did you relocate? We relocated. We had a really great big apartment, but we were always getting complaints about barking dogs. And we had a really tiny outdoor space, but it wasn't that big. And we, um, we just had Penny and we had a foster dog at the time. And we started looking just to look. So we had a really hard time finding an apartment, even though we were looking to buy. We would own the home and they wouldn't let us have mm -hmm. our dog. So we looked for a long time. We were about to give up and we found this really great place in Long Island City that has a huge yard. Nice. And that was like our number one was we needed to get Penny a yard. So now she's the pig of Queens <laughs> and she, she's the queen. That's amazing. I mean, everything that you guys have done to accommodate, but in a, in a beautiful way, it's not, it's a sacrifice, but it isn't. It's just, you've made your lives work with Penny and Lucille. You've continued to foster mm -hmm. and have there been other dogs that you've fallen in love with? Of course we fall in love with all of them, but we let them go yeah. and we have, we have our family. We always said like it was going to be two and yes. then an open spot for a foster. Okay. And then in January of last year, we got this, they said nine, but probably like 12 year old pit bull mama. They said she had lymphoma, but it was follicular lymphoma. So it was slow moving and we talked about it and we decided that she was home. Yeah. That she was comfortable with us. She was happy with us. We adored her. 
And we just said, you know, if she's got a year, great. Mm -hmm. If not, and, and the vet said, you know, whatever you can do to reduce her stress. Yeah. And it felt like sending her to a new home, no matter how great that home would just be too stressful. Yes. So we adopted her. We called her Gertrude. Actually, we, we got engaged right after we adopted her. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, he had them all dressed in little t-shirts like that had like little sayings on no. them. And all the pictures of Gert. My friend is an amazing photographer. She's a real happy dog. She does like dog photography. Mm -hmm. She did a rescue feature on us and he had her come back and take photos. And all of the photos from the day, Gert just has this scowl on her face. And he said she wouldn't even stand up uh -huh. because she was so mad about her shirt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we actually think that she was just, <laughs> she was really mad that he was asking me to, to marry him. Uh -huh. because she was in love with him. Right. She thought she was his wife. Right. Um, <laughs> she really, she would, when he left the apartment, she was in love with him. Yeah. They, their relationship was something that like, I've never seen. Like she loved me, but she really was in love with Eric. Yeah. Um, when he would leave the apartment, she would lay at the door and just like quietly moan, even if the rest of us were home. And I was like, does she do that when I leave? We had a good couple months with her after mm -hmm. we adopted. When she was gone, there was just this sort of like. I was sad to see her go, but look at what she did. Yeah. And I think that was one of the greatest lessons that she gave us. So we are right. eternally grateful for her yeah. for every minute of nine months and four days that we got. I know that you guys have been together now for a while. How <laughs> has the fostering and your dogs, Gert, Lucille, Penny, how has that changed your relationship? Well, I think it's, it's definitely made us more of a team. Mm -hmm. It's given us this sense of family that I think might not be there otherwise, because it's not, it's not just us. I also think it's a sense of responsibility and, and sometimes it is a burden. Nobody would tell you that it's not right. When we travel, we have to figure out who's going to watch the dogs and pay for a dog sitter. And did you remember to feed them? Did you remember to let them out and arguing over the last walk? But right. I think it's taught us a lot of responsibility, a lot of compromise and, um, I think it's just made us better people. And the fact that you guys are this like super foster team, it's just what a gift. It's beautiful. Yeah. I it mean, really it's, is. we have like different strengths. Uh -huh. I think we're definitely going to continue fostering. Well, I think we'll always be fosters. So what is the name of your blog? So our Instagram is pig pen, the pity pig pen, the pity. Uh huh because she's pig pen. Yes. Started when she was the only one around. Yeah. I actually technically started it when she was a foster. I only posted once and then we adopted her and I was like, never mind. Right. I guess this is her account right. now. So the blog is hello pig pen. <laughs> there are not a ton. There are not a ton of posts up yet, but I'm yeah. working on them. I blog for foster dogs, NYC. I help with their, we just redid their website. They have a lot of really good information on there. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I just spoke with Dory. Dory the, yes. She's amazing. And, um, and that's how I learned about Foster. Yeah, she's Foster Inc. Yeah, Foster, Foster Dog Inc. Inc. Yeah. yeah. And again, that's just, so I've been diving into that website because it really is, especially in New York City, there's, there is this incredible underground of fosters, mm -hmm. but there's not enough at all. Yeah. I think one at a time, right? Like yeah. you convert one person to be a foster and they don't have to do it like we do it. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, do, yeah. They can do, do one a month for a week. Yeah. And what a difference that would make to 12 dogs. Exactly. So Sam and Eric, I'm so glad that you guys came and really thank you so much for what you do and for the work that you're doing. It's invaluable. 
It really is. And I loved hearing about your stories, about your three dogs. And I'm sorry for your loss of Gert. It really brought up a lot of emotion for me around Tiny Tim and the... Sorry for it, your loss. No, please. And he's been gone um, nine years. Wow. And it still, it feels like yesterday. But he also taught me so much and he left behind a legacy that I kind of, I couldn't ignore. And um, that's, I think, what our dogs do for us. And that's really a big part of, I think, why I started this podcast. So thank you both so much for being here. It was thank a real pleasure so to meet thank you guys. You. Thank you for having us. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Some of the things that stood out to me in speaking with Samantha was each dog taught her a different lesson, not just about how to take care of a dog, but also about life, about love. They taught her about patience. They taught her so many different things that I think really surprised her, and it was wonderful to hear about that. But one of the big takeaways for me was how Samantha found that her job was her job. Her work is her work, but that this is her passion and this is her true direction and her true calling. And to me, there's no greater gift in life than to find one's true calling. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dog Save the People, a podcast about how dogs make our lives better. This show is a production of As It Should Be, a content studio, and it's made with the support of our producer and editor, Jack Summer. Special thanks to our composer and neighbor, Daniel Lampert, for creating the music for the show. I hope you enjoyed the episode. You can subscribe to Dog Save the People on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like this show, please leave a review or rating. New episodes come out every Tuesday, so see you next week for another episode from Dog Save the People. You can also check out the Tiny Tim Rescue Fund, my foundation, at johnbartlettny.com. Enjoy a walk with your dog and make it a great day for both of you.